0: While Terry Pustinen works his way out of a pack in the defensive zone with the puck, smartly headmans it, joins the rush, takes the puck back once he's across the attacking blue line and snaps a shot from the left dot and nothing. It means nothing. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into... Football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. I'm a Pustinan guy. I have never made an apology nor pretense about this. I really like the kid's game. I feel that his skill set is a classic case of one that's not going to get appreciated at a lower level the way it would at the NHL level. And the parallel that I've used in the past, and I'll repeat it, is that of a young point guard in basketball who makes great passes, who anticipates, who reads better than anyone else on the court, but the people around him don't get it. That, to me, is what Pustinan is. And Pustinan is 25 years old, and he needs a chance. He needs a chance at this level. I am telling you right now, that if he doesn't get that chance in Pittsburgh, he's going to get it somewhere else, and you're going to feel it here. Not that he's some superstar or anything like that, but he's one of those players that they're going to have an impact somewhere else. Think along the lines of Oscar Sundquist. You don't sit there and beat your forehead against the wall that Sundquist got away, not even when he won the Stanley Cup in St. Louis. But, you know... He was a second-round pick, and you just let him walk because you never, ever, ever afforded any space nor any real option for him to have an impact in Pittsburgh. Now, you tell me, you look at this roster construction as it is right now. Forget the Eric Carlson stuff just for a day, okay? And look at the forwards and tell me where Pustin would slot in if he were to produce consistently through training camp, through the preseason, you know, the kind of action I described fictitiously there in the opening, where would he go? It wouldn't be in the top six. You can take that to the bank. He could look like the next Patrick Linehan. and he's not making the top six here because that gets predetermined. It's set in stone. We can very safely assume that Lars Eller is the third-line center. No problem with that. Noel Achari and probably Drew O'Connor are his wingers. If Achari or O'Connor isn't on the third line, going to be on the fourth. One or the other is guaranteed. So how many spots are left? Three, right? Okay, well, Matt Nieto is going to be part of that fourth line. From there, I've got Alex Nylander, Jeff Carter, who yes will still be around, and Mikhail Nylander, presuming he's not bought out within the next few days. Tell me where, where are you putting him? No, 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 not where, not where are you putting him? Not where am I putting him? Where's Mike Sullivan putting him? Where's in turn Kyle Dubis putting him? Because Dubis is going to understand in short order, even though he's the boss, the head coach has no problem with sitting players acquired by the boss if those players don't fit his pattern. Now, why exactly Pustinan doesn't fit Sullivan's pattern or hasn't to date, I don't really understand. I had a talk with him once, Sullivan, this was in Boston after a practice up there. About Pustanin, and just asked, "What does he like? What does he see?" And the closest I could come to a criticism, because he doesn't like to do that, especially with a younger guy—you don't want to quash their hope or whatever. But he did say that the one thing that he had hoped to see more from Pustanin is more of a constant energy, a constant motion. Now, if that sounds familiar, he levied a similar criticism or challenge, or whatever you want to call it, to Nylander, and Nylander for the most part, came through in that regard. Certainly enough to get promoted. And then he came up and had a really, really interesting first few games. Remember that? And then he just kind of, you know, you didn't really notice him much. And then he faded off and was scratched. Pustin has never had that chance. He's played one game. One game in the NHL. And it was really encouraging. Now, again, one game, he can be flying sky high. Again, similar to what we saw from Nylander, his first game. And you think way too much of that player after the one game. But I've seen more of him than that. I've seen him in training camp settings. And he does things that the other prospects can't dream of doing in terms of his vision and ability to read the play. And he doesn't have a bad shot either. And no, I'm not going to turn this into another, you know, Carter rant. Everyone knows, actually at this point, how everybody on the planet outside of Sullivan seems to feel about Carter. But this subject really needs to be taken off the table permanently. There is a new guy running Hockey Ops, and that new guy has made clear, at least through words, that he is, in fact, going to be running things. Awesome. Wonderful. This is the time to make sure that that precedent is in place. Because if there's a Pustin in, or let's just go to another position and say Ty Smith, I mean, crazier things have happened, right? Let's say Ty Smith shows out better than one of the left-handed defensemen. And you think, wow, you could really use some more mobility, definitely could use some more production from the blue line. Let's keep him around. Okay. Who are you sending out? Or do you already have your mind made up? When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items, like lean proteins perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you're not local gift cards are also available for your pittsburgh-based family and friends go to familytablepgh.com that's familytablepgh.com and use the code dk40 or dk40 for 40 percent off and free delivery on your first order order by noon today for thursday delivery from Eli who says, DK, we've seen our top power play units stay out for the full two minutes way too many times. PP1 gets tired legs, which leads to poor passing and fewer shots. Why not split that time and come up with a stronger second unit that would actually get more than 20 seconds to try to score? Eli, that comes up a lot in coach speak, particularly head coach speak, since it's ultimately their decision But what ends up happening, and think about this, and you'll probably be able to identify with it, you have power play one on the rink. More often than not, the initial face-off is going to be deep in the attacking zone. If you win the draw, or even if you lose the draw and go back to your own end and get it and come back in, chances are really good with a power play that's got this many elite possession guys, I'm not suggesting it's an elite power play, but guys who know what they're doing in terms of handling the puck, passing the puck, and have that much familiarity with each other, puck's not going to come out of the zone in a minute. It's not like there's a buzzer that goes off that chases them off the rink either. So the idea of splitting talent between power plays one and two, and you might remember Sullivan. With no small amount of fuss about it, did once split Sid and Gino just to try something like that. Radical stuff. And it lasted hardly at all. I don't remember it going on for more than a week, unless my memory's failing me here. There's uh, both a blessing and a curse, as the Penguins have seen in their more distant past, to having all these elite forwards. You know, when you had Mario Lemieux, Ron Francis, or Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager, even though they weren't both centers, you had to find space for them, and you had to make sure that it was understood that one person was going to be running this thing. One person was going to be the quarterback, and it was going to be 66 in every single case. The real issue, I think, that you're bringing up here, more than any other, Is that after all these years, after a decade and a half, there has still never been that definitive role distinction between Sid and Gino. That's not a knock, believe it or not. It's not. It's not a a criticism of either guy, including their power play acumen. Rather, it's a statement, I think, about how their styles on the power play don't fit certain power play molds. Is Sid a classic half-wall guy? No. Can he manage the half-wall? Sure, absolutely. Is Gino a classic half-wall guy? No. Does he manage the power play from the point? No. Can he handle either of those things? Sure, just fine. But when Phil Kessel was here, even though no one assigned Phil to do this, no one said, hey, Phil, you're the quarterback of our power play. It just emerged. Why? Because Phil had a couple of weapons that the other guys on the team either don't have or weren't utilizing in this form. And that was that Phil could either pick you apart with a pass coming off that left wall or he was a legitimate threat to shoot and score from anywhere on that side of the rink. Now, can Sid and Gino do that? Yeah. Do they? No. Phil would just step right in, and you could picture this in your head. Step right in to the edge of the circle and just let a wrist shot fly, or float even closer when no one would come to him because they were respecting the pass and have an even better angle. And really rip one home. That player does not exist on this team. Ricard Raquel has some tendencies where he shows you he's not that guy. Brian Rust has tried, although he would never word it in this way, to be that guy. He's not. Do you have a point man as a quarterback? No, I wouldn't call Chris Letang that. There aren't enough options back there he'll move it okay and he'll definitely shoot it okay and he's gotten a lot better by the way at getting the puck through traffic instead of having his shots blocked full props for that but he's not a quarterback either I did promise not to bring up Carlson on today's show, didn't I? Yeah, I did. That was last Friday. Okay, well, see, I'm not going to get into whether or not Carlson would be the quarterback because he actually kind of would. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.